you've done the job, gotten your money, and left the site a few days ago, but then that customer calls back and says that what you did doesn't work anymore. Is this common for you, or is it common for your coworkers? When do you swallow your pride and just give in to make things work? And are two sets of eyes on a problem better than one? Yes, that's right. Today, we're talking about callbacks. I'm T- Jeff Moss, and along with Tyler Thomas and Tim Coleman, this is The Three Tumblers. No matter what, callbacks or recalls are inevitable. There are lots of different reasons to get called back to an already completed job site, but for some locksmiths, it happens more times than not. So there's obviously different reasons. Sometimes something just was done wrong. Sometimes something literally doesn't work. Sometimes the person is crazy. Uh, Sometimes it's a combination of all those things. Uh, Sometimes it's a hardware failure that has nothing to do with what you did. Since I'm in the shop 99% of the time, I don't really get the, you know, I get people bringing a key back that didn't work. You know, something wasn't exact. I wouldn't call that a callback necessarily. I'd just call that having to go over your work. Don't love when it happens, especially because it's usually something stupid. Um, But it does happen. I hear about them more or I, you know, answering the phone and, hey, so-and-so is calling. We were just there sort of thing. And then we, you know, I, I rarely have anything other than that to do with them if that makes any sense and tim i know all of your jobs go perfect and you never have to go back oh no never but tyler what do you what are your thoughts on callbacks yeah they they suck and you try to mitigate it that's why you always try to go slow and take extra steps do it right the first time because when you have to double back and you're not making any money that that shit sucks yeah but you know so like you said sometimes it's not beyond your control you didn't have anything to do with the hardware and and all that but yeah, I hate it, yeah, it's the you were the last person who touched it. Now it's your problem. Yep. And why do some, Tim? What do you? I I was kidding. I'm sure you've had to deal with your share of them. I have, and uh, it does suck, especially when you're new, like in the field to start with. You know, having people that you work with turn around and say, "Hey, obviously you screwed that up. You need to go back and fix it." It's like. Well, you know, okay, and you just kind of got to go and you go back and the customer was so happy when you left and then you show up and they're like so pissed off. And I'm like, I was here a week ago. Why? What happened? And so you have to kind of go down that rabbit hole of, you know, detective work and see, did you miss something? Did the customer do something? You know, why? Why isn't it working? Yeah, absolutely. And some of it is you know, third party driven, like the landlord. I know I was overhearing some issues like, you know, they said it doesn't meet their specs or, or, okay, well, that's the first we heard of that. You know, now they're, if they want it fixed, you know, that was never relayed to us. So somebody's paying for this, you know, if we screwed it up, that's one thing, but if you never told us what, that it has to be something completely different, well, then it, it's not going to work. If you're saying it has to be B and we were told it has to do A. So communication is very important. And sometimes we do, you know, sometimes I order the wrong finish or the wrong type of remote for a car. I would consider that a callback, you know, in a way, because we ordered it, it comes in and it's not right. You know, 
that's obviously our fault. And it usually it's not worth sending the part back, but that, you know, I try not to waste my employer's money too much. Uh, I don't like when that happens. And are, you know, are, are you telling us communication is key? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, Jeff, yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel you on that because, uh, you know, when I, I remember something, it was like a month after I first started and uh, some people came in to get keys because we had just done a master rekey job for a whole condo, like complex HOA thingy. And uh, I misread the keys and made seven copies of a key and none of them worked. And the person came back in the shop and it's like, hey, none of these keys that I just paid for work. And yeah. You know, you, you, you kind of feel like an ass then, uh, but, you know, you, you grow and you kind of get over that. Yeah. And like a few weeks ago, I wrote up in our order book, Schlage Core, Everest C-123-626 finish. Well, the boss says, well, what do you mean? You need an, I said, well, I mean, a, a I-Core. I didn't write that because I assumed, you know, what I meant. Well, I never assume because if somebody writes core, they might mean mortise cylinder or knob cylinder. I'm like, okay. So next time I'll put the part number, you know. Well, you know what assume means. Yes, yes, yes. Makes an ass out of you and me. I've heard of that a few times. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, and then why, I guess, you know, the other part is there are some people that get more callbacks than others, partially because either it's something they've never worked on before. They're still new. They're inexperienced. They just don't know how to work on it properly, which sort of is like, okay, if you know that they don't know how to do that, they shouldn't have probably been sent to that call. That doesn't, <laughs> you know, again, I'm not the one who makes those decisions. So, you know, there are certain people that are better at certain things than others. That's, you know, how it is. Um, so it, it, it's hard to say that there's one total reason that, you know, somebody may get more callbacks if they're just in a rush, if they're being lazy, you know, it could be, you know, they're having a bad day <laughs> every day. You know, again, you know, it is the human element and, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Tyler, I mean, you were in the field for a long time. You manage people, not, you know, locally necessarily, but you have you know, I'm sure you have sub subcontractors. You probably don't deal with them anymore if they keep screwing up, but I'm sure you've had somewhere like, you know, you send them jobs and it isn't working and then it's still not working. Very, very rarely. Uh, I'm trying, I saw where you're going when you started talking. I really started thinking and uh, now we got a good group. Uh, so we, we very rarely, I don't ever, how do I think I have had more callbacks here? With our guys and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I should hire him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you what I'd what it would take to get me to move down there. Well, we have AC down here. <laughs> That's true. No, I, I mean I think that uh, um, you know some I guess some locksmiths get called back more uh, because of their skill, like you were saying, Jeff. Um, you know, like. My first year, I got a callback, or, or as we call them in our shop, a recall. Uh, but I got at least one a month. And, you know, for like the first six months that I was out on my own, and it sucked. 
Um, I'm going to kind of talk about a little bit more about that later, but, uh, you know, I mean, experience is one thing, but I will guarantee you this. If you send me out on an automotive job today, you will get recall after recall after recall after recall after callback because I can't do shit with the automotive. <laughs> so obviously assigning the calls to someone who knows how to do the job that they're assigned to do is important. Yes. One a month really ain't that bad, depending on, I mean, if you got a heavy full schedule every day, that ain't too bad. Yeah, one, I, was, I thought you were going to say like one a week. I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it was, I guess it averaged out to one a month because well, it, is, it is different in North Carolina you know, or South <laughs> Carolina or wherever he is. Both. Depends on the day. It, it, it does. Actually. It does. Um, I, I actually have had a, a call back in South Carolina before. And, uh, you know, for our driving distance from where the shop is to where the job is, you know, it's not horrible. It's like, you know, 25, 30 minutes, depending on what time of day it is. But, uh, you know, having to go back down there, that takes a significant chunk out of your day because you're traveling for more than an hour. And like yeah. Tyler said, you're not making any money going back to something that you've already built out. Yeah, for sure. No, we've, it's, got, it's, a, we, we, we've got a client or a customer with a location three hours away. It's the furthest we ever go for anybody, but it's big and they pay very well. Um, but yeah, the whole time I was like, uh, I, I had to rekey the whole thing about 200 cores or something like that one year. And I was like, God, I got to make sure everything's perfect because it's all the way down in Savannah. And I don't know if you've ever done that drive before down, like, I think it's 95 or 35 or 65, one of the fives. It's like, you want to, <laughs> you want to blow your brains out all the way down there. It's just mind numbing. So yeah, uh, especially you're not making money, but damn, that's just a pain in the ass driving three hours to fix one little $5 thing, something like that. Isn't, and that's the city you were just at. You should have, uh, you know, taken some, yeah. some cores with you and didn't the old, the old, you know, who write off. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, I wasn't driving, but the driver the whole time was like, I can't stand this. It's like, I've yeah. been there. <laughs> that That is not nearly as bad of a drive as it is going from Mobile, Alabama to Montgomery, Alabama. It's only like three hours, but the first two minutes of it are a preview of those three hours. Just straight. Oh, my God. Sucks. Well... Sometimes even the best are subject to the nuances of callbacks. Tyler will acquiesce to our request of wanting to know when to acquiesce. Hey there. While y'all wait for the second half of our show, I want to invite you to stick around until the end of this episode, where you will hear an exclusive preview of our next episode, as well as outtakes from this one. Enjoy! all take pride in our trade and the jobs we do so when we get that dreaded call to go back to a job we've already been paid for how should we feel sometimes there is that one customer that it seems no matter what you do or explain to them it's just not right like we just talked about there are a few different reasons why we might get called back to a job but how do we graciously approach these situations when we were preparing this episode i gave a pretty good example i guess that was going to set the tone for my block um we got a call back recently that technically wasn't our fault. We were using used hardware. 
but the customer was adamant that it was our fault and it needed to be warrantied. You know, this is three months down the road. We don't really have a set policy on warranty labor. We just kind of take it as it comes. You know, you know when it's your fault and you know when it's not. But in this case, the customer said, yep, it's your fault. And you need to warrant it. And I could fight it tooth and nail and saying, hey, this is used hardware, broke. Uh, we didn't sell it to you brand new. We were reusing what you had. But I just, I bit the bullet and said, you know what? It's it's not worth uh, offending or making this property manager mad, um, or splitting hairs or whatnot. It's just, you know what? We're going to do it. it. Takes 10 minutes in the shop. Costs us $15 to UPS it out to them. You know, what's that versus a spurned relationship or making somebody mad or getting on their bad side? But did you have to supply all new hardware or just another used cylinder? Another used cylinder that they had. Oh. Yeah. But then that's not a huge deal. Yeah. Didn't want to fight it. But um, yeah, but sometimes you got to swallow your pride and bite the bullet. Uh, Tim, you ever had to do something like that? Um, I've actually been been trained pretty well to uh, if something is used and and on its way out, you don't replace it with used. Um, or it, at the very least, you explain it to the customer uh, once you get it apart. Um, I have had early on where I had to go back to a job and, you know, something that I made it work in order to complete the job failed, like literally three or four days later is residential, something like that. And uh, so I, I did have to bite that and say, okay, you know, this is what we've got to do. I shouldn't have done that. But for the most part, if I look at something and I say, hey, this is going to give us problems, this is going to break, uh, this is not going to work the way you want it to, I tell them up front and just say, you know, no, I'm not doing it, basically. Yeah, to, to clarify, I should mention that, you know, since we only do cores and cylinders and stuff like that, it was just we were reusing a core, just rekeying it. Uh, tailpiece broke on it, but again, is what it is. Jeff? Really? I mean, that really has nothing to do yeah i mean in your case you were you wanted to keep the relationship even though it really wasn't if you said it was a tailpiece and you didn't supply a tailpiece then really not your fault i mean i would say on, on a something like that we would document you know if it's a something used or temporary i had to cross key some primus cylinders and wrote in big letters on the invoice no warranty you know we told them it's not a good idea and they still wanted to do it so the if it doesn't work, it's on them because we explained the reasons why they shouldn't and they didn't want to listen. So, yeah, we, we, I, yeah, I, we had a situation like that years ago for a, uh, I'm going to sound big and famous or important now, um, uh, high rise. And, uh, um, I'm trying to do it like John, uh, Donald Trump did it. Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. I, it's not where, I thought you were talking about somebody else who brags all the time. Oh, uh, no. So anyway, they the master key had to match this existing master key they had. And um, the fourth cut, it was a Schleig system. The fourth cut was not to spec. It was like between a four and a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we had to use 235 bottom pins instead of 240s or two. 25s does that sound right yeah Yeah, 225 is a four yeah so it was between a four and a five and yeah it's kind of the same thing it was like um we're gonna do this but we're gonna let you know if something goes wrong it's not our fault um so sort of managing anticipations for what constitutes a callback or stuff not working down the road from the from the onset yeah we've had to do that before too where i i've gotten out of the habit of it uh jason was really good about 
keeping me out of getting into that habit of just making it work um, and more saying, hey, your cylinder is shit. You need to buy a new one and I can guarantee that it works. Um, But we do have customers that have shitty hardware, you know, like the little uh, zinc five pin Schlage cylinders that come with generic storefront door, you know, hardware and stuff. And uh, they don't pin up right. Especially, you know, if you're doing a master key system, they do not pin up right. And so you have to drop down like three thousandths or six thousandths or whatever. And I, I won't do it anymore because I did get a call back uh, where I had to go back like three times. And the third time I went back, they were using uh, minute key kiosk copies. And I said, those will absolutely never work. And I charged them a trip charge for it, too which I think segues into your next uh, point, Tyler. Well, I wanted to keep going, but yes, I will do that. Uh, So (laughs) let's say that you have a situation where uh, you get called back. Something's not right. Something's not as they wanted. Um, And it was either something that you didn't explain right, or they didn't explain right, or somebody interpreted it wrong. Um, Obviously, I might talk about something major, like uh, every lock should have been fail safe and you've sold them fail secure and you got to go back and do 25, something like that. I'm talking uh, a keying uh, situation. You know, we actually wanted this key to work, not that key, or, or actually this key should have worked as well, but it doesn't. It, do you, I, I know mileage may vary, but I mean, is it just a case by case approach for both of you all, whether you consider that warranty work or a callback or whether it should be charged? I mean, we had one where they said they wanted a two-level system, and then a week later, they changed and said they actually wanted a three-level system. So we had to rekey all the cores, and they paid. I think we charged them a tiny bit less, but yeah. you know, like we, I think we were able to recut some of the keys, you know. But it's not going to be free. We did what you asked on this date. My uh, 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 Huffstetler sent me some cores, or I sent, sold him some cores to rekey, and he sent them back this week. That mm-hmm. chuckle fuck had read it from uh, bow to tip instead of tip to bow. <laughs> so I keyed him up backwards. You so did? Wait, you did or he did? He supplied me the cuts backwards. So I, oh, I, yeah. So I'm charging him again to rekey them all, but I'm giving him a, uh, one of those best cylinder wrenches for his troubles. <laughs> but it was, that's, that's why I always ask you which was end his, is which. Right. But it was, <laughs> what, what do you mean for his troubles? If he screwed it up, yeah, well, I know. I'm, I'm going to charge him. I'm not going to be nice about it because oh, I mean, okay. it's like labor and fans, but I'm just going to make him feel like he got something out of it. He's going to oh. get like a, a $50 tool for the cost of rekeying 13 cores. I see. Yeah, I'm nice. Tim? Like I said, I've gotten into the habit of uh, looking at everything and saying, hey, this isn't going to work. That's not going to work. But if, you know, if I feel like maybe I wasn't really, really clear to a customer or maybe I was clear, but the customer just didn't kind of have the understanding. Maybe they said they understood, but they, you could kind of tell they didn't really. And so they call back like three days later and say, Hey, this isn't working. You go out there and you show them say, this is how this works. This is what works with this. This is how you do that. And you know, a lot of times, actually, you get it with uh, access control. You know, people think, you know, okay, this is the way this is supposed to operate when you've made it clear 
this is how you will have to do it and how you will have to train your mind and your people to make this work. We've said that from the beginning, but yeah. you, you just don't get it once we've installed everything. Yeah, this is why I prefer putting everything in email. I don't like answering the phones. Unfortunately, our, the number of times the phones ring in the shop a day is like less than 10, but the emails coming in are like 50 to 100 sometimes. But putting it in writing, or at least having it in writing to reflect back on, um, you can take some of the heat off of you in situations like you're describing where you say, okay, well, here's where I laid it out and told you, and, and you agreed, or you said that's fine. So I'm just, we're, we're going to make the change, but I just want to let you know this isn't on us. Yeah. We warned you about it. And then I've seen other locksmiths, especially the mobile guys, uh, they record all their phone calls coming in for situations and scenarios just like that, where they want a record of saying, you know, for liability, not necessarily to escape a callback or a bad review, maybe, but, you know, ultimately to protect their ass that, hey, this is how it was and how I explained it. And, you know, you said, OK. And here's oh, your... you mean you mean like that guy's bad review last week? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a chuckle fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I think uh, I mean, we have the capability to record phone calls in our shop. Uh, but I personally, I much prefer email. And I, I guess that's just the uh, professional background that I come from because hey, everything's documented. Well, yeah, since we're all commercial or institutional or government, um, yeah, they all prefer to operate by email. We rarely talk on the phone. If I need an answer right then and there, like within the next five minutes, I'll call. But 99% of the time it's email. And like I said, um, you can get it's it's better than talking on the fly because you get a second to organize your thoughts, lay everything out, reassess, rethink things. And um, I'm guilty of it. I can turn what would normally take people a sentence to type. It'll take me three fucking paragraphs. But I want to make sure that I'm getting the whole point across and all the details so that we don't have callbacks like we're talking about right now, at least in this aspect or this regard. You're just very nuanced. That's all. Stop, Jesus. Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, um, what do they call it? Pessimist. I always imagine the worst thing going wrong could happen. So I want to cover my bases. Exactly. And, and like, you know, me, for instance, with uh, the job I was working on this week, and, and I've already got it scheduled to go back uh, this coming week uh, to finish some stuff up. I've put everything that I've done in email to my contact for the site. And uh, it, it's all very detailed, but I will acquiesce to his request to come in and change anything once he actually comes back on the site, but he's going to pay for it. There's another thing, too, and I've noticed you do this on your invoices, Tim. Um, some people still do written, but digital, but no matter how you do it, when you encounter situations or something's you know, not perfect when you leave, you make a note about it and you you notate it, especially when the customer has to sign, whether hard copy on your iPad or tablet or whatever it may be. So at least there's a written record of, you know, what you verbally told them, hey, um, I fix it the best I can. I would recommend replacement. And, Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, that goes another long yeah. way. You, you got one of those yesterday. I know. Uh, <laughs> I told, hey, by the way, I told them, and uh, last night we already got paid for it, so must be fine with it. Nice. Yeah. Fastest turnaround I've ever seen for an invoice. 
Jeff, Tim, any, uh, yeah, I know this life is good. Any final points? No, I don't think so. I, mean, I don't think don't, so, Tim. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't be afraid to admit your mistakes if you did indeed make a mistake. Uh, but even if it wasn't a mistake that you made, just go back out there because sometimes a little bit of kindness will go a long way. Um, but if it, when all else fails, just charge them like half a trip charge, you know, cover yeah. your drive time. <laughs> I would say I'll, on the phone, you know, when they call in, never assume it's a warranty until it's billed, you know, until the first, cause I'm that, you know, if I, I'll say that to the invoice, they should like, well, you don't know. I'm like, okay. She's like, don't tell them it's going to be free until we know what it is. Like, okay. I mean, they're the one asking or whatever. I, I wouldn't volunteer. Oh yeah. We're not going to charge you. Cause I don't know that I'm not the one who was there. Ooh, but, I like that. I, I really like that. And I'm going to talk about that next. Well, before we do that, I just thought about something else too. It, I guess your philosophy on all of this de- really depends on the number of callbacks you deal with. Yeah. So if, if you've got a, a shop with 20 vans on the road, they're going to be dealing with callbacks more frequently than any of us. And perhaps they have a policy on it. Or perhaps, you know, you rarely, even as a big shop, little shop, get it, get any callbacks. So you just kind of make it up on the fly or it's just kind of as you go. So I don't know. I mean, people may be listening to this and thinking, you know, this is fucking stupid and blah, blah, blah. Well, we don't get a lot of callbacks, so we don't really have an official policy or stance on it we just kind of take it as we see it yeah yeah i mean our our shop we've got like two and a half on the road because jason's in the shop half the time and uh with our callbacks we um i'm gonna talk about a little bit next but you know we still don't really have an official policy other than a callback or recall is like i said is we refer to them as uh, that gets higher priority than other calls. That's like the only policy that we have is if we have been there and we're getting called back to that job, it gets a higher priority than other calls on the schedule. Yeah, that, that that's too. And especially as I've negotiated some of these larger buildings with the whole King systems and putting them on master keys, it, it comes up often during the process, you know, what's your, what's your warranty policy. And I just flat out tell them, I was like, if you're on our system, um, number one, it's restricted and it's to us. So, um, you know, we're not going to rake you over the coals about it. We're going to take care of the system. And it's just, you know, we don't have an official thing, but if they press me, I'll say, you know, one year warranty of labor and whatever parts may be. But it, it, like I said, it's just so damn rare and few and far between that. I don't, I just take it as it comes. Yeah. You know, I think our, uh, our warranty on labor is 30 days and warranty on hardware that we sell is like either one year or the manufacturer's warranty, whichever is less. Yeah. that's. I, I, I prefer the taillight warranty. It, Red light special. Yeah. 30 miles or 30 minutes or until you can't see my truck anymore. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> All right, coming up in the third half of the show, sometimes your eyes and mind may play tricks on you. Beer goggles. Is it better to have more than one or two of those things? Find out with Tim. Every episode, we ask you to write to us, but no one ever does. So please send us your thoughts and questions, no matter what they might be. We'll tell you how to do that after the third half of this show. 
One of the most common ways of learning is by example. The second most common way of learning is to sink or swim. A healthy combination of those two is usually the most effective. But even when you've mastered a basic task, it sometimes still doesn't work. Something that time has taught us is two heads are generally better than one. You know, when you have a job and something doesn't go right and you have to go back and you make the adjustment that you think needs to be made and something still doesn't work, you try not to make that same adjustment. You know, you should look for different things, but sometimes we all just kind of hit a brick wall. I mean, whether it's an adjustment with the door, with the strike, with the hardware, with the keying, the physical key, the cylinder, whatever, if you get stuck on one particular aspect of the job and the customer's complaint, you know, it, it can kind of drive you batty, you know, and, and so it's good to get somebody else's opinion, whether it's somebody that you work with or somebody that, you know, through the trade, like, you know, Jeff and Tyler can tell you, I've texted both of them before saying, Hey, I can't get this shit to work. What's your ideas? Um, and, and then at least I feel better because all three of us say, well, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, so Jeff, what kind of, what are your thoughts on, you know, yeah, you, you did the job, you did this, you made that key, you pin that cylinder or whatever, you still can't get it to work. Um, does it help or hinder to have somebody else look at it? I'd say it always helps. Unless, I, I, let me start. It helps when somebody, when you ask, if somebody just gets in and starts messing with it while you're trying to figure it out, that doesn't help. But if you ask for help and they're able to take a look at it and, you know, show you a better way or something, then absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that too, because um you know there have been a couple jobs that i've been on where i'm like i can't get this shit to work and jason shows up to help me out because i asked him to and he tightens one screw and loosens another screw and it works smooth as glass and i'm like you know whatever you know fuck you too i mean some (laughs) of it i think a lot of just comes from doing doing it 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 does um tyler what what are your thoughts like uh you know, is the better way to learn to just kind of keep at it or is it to keep at it until you can't think of anything else and then bring somebody else in to help you? Uh, if I'm stumped at the beginning, at this point in my career, I will start asking immediately. Um, yeah. What about like 10 years ago? I would have fucking moved heaven and hell and figured out myself before I asked somebody (laughs) (laughs) too much pride, too much pride, baby. I don't have an ego. So that, that was too much ego and, and pride and, uh, and experience. You didn't want to ask for help. Yeah. I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was doing, especially in front of a customer, but uh, more so, um, didn't want anybody to think less. I mean, now I don't give a shit. I'll be 30. I'll be 36 next week. I don't give a shit anymore. So yeah, Anything to make my life easier, I will ask. Uh, yep. I, I asked Jeff a lot about random key. I asked Jeff yesterday about some key shit. I don't hey, give a shit. But you should know about it because you have it. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I, well, I should know that, and I thought I knew that, but I, you know, 
Well, so okay. The, I had to make sure. We we do need to make clear to the entire world, like all of our tens of listeners out there, that Jeff is the walking, talking Ilko Key Bible. No, this I mean, no, but this has nothing to do with Ilko. It's Sergeant. It, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. You are the walking, talking Key Bible. I have Sorry. a lot of useless information. And, and... <laughs> no, it's very useful, but... Yeah, that's no. why I text him and call him all the time. <laughs> and, and by the way, Jason's out of town like the next couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, both y'all are going to be getting a few more messages from me than normal. Um, I actually don't have to text him as much anymore, which is, I guess, a good sign of how I'm growing with things. Um, but definitely having an outside perspective or somebody else coming to look at it um, and you know, I'll say this, if I've been on a recall uh, or a callback job twice, um, the manager side of me says, okay, if this person has gone out there twice and they still haven't fixed it, shouldn't we send somebody else out there to look yeah. at it? You know, I mean, even no matter what the situation is, no matter you know, yeah, maybe I am a dumbass, or maybe I've just never worked on it before, or, you know, the person I just hired doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, you know, give them a second chance to go out there and fix it. It still doesn't work. After that, let's send somebody else out there to get that next perspective on it. Yeah, you know? I certainly. I would agree with that for sure. So, I mean, the next thing that I kind of want to talk about is uh, not what's really written in the outline but if you do work with other people you're not a, a one-man show um you really if a co-worker gets called back to a to a job don't be a dick you know don't just automatically say oh yeah you fucked up that job you got to go out there and fix it now right you know my boss isn't like that but i've got a couple co-workers like that or have had a couple co-workers like that um you know, yeah, there's going to be the whole, you know, elbow to the ribs, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, you fucked that up, you know, go fix it. Ha ha. Um, but really, there's been some other times where it's been like, and, and my coworker didn't listen to us. Um, she specifically said she couldn't wait to not listen to us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, you know, it's like, yeah, obviously you screwed up. If it doesn't work and the customer's calling back, don't do that shit. I don't care how long you've been there or not been there or or that person's been there or not been there. Don't be a dick. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Tyler, or, or are you just a dick? No, I've, I've worked at shops like that where the uh, culture was so um, cutthroat that, yeah, it was like call back. Everybody in the shop knew about it and talking shit behind your back and to the point where I've hired two people from that shop now that work for me when I worked there with them. And it's, you know, it took a while to retrain them from the aspect of if you make a mistake, we don't give a shit. It's not the end of the world. We don't think less of you just let's fix it and be done with it. So we can move on to the next, you know, money-making venture. So, yeah, I, I, you know, people like that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like people like that. And then number two, uh, it's only a matter of time before uh, what karma bites you in the ass and you get a call back or whatever. And then it, what, what are you talking shit for? If you're the one that's had it happen to you before too. So it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Agreed. I hate, I hate people like that. 
Jeff, I, I know you agree, but have you ever experienced that? I hear about it. Sure. People, you know, there's it's a small enough shop. Everybody likes to gossip. But I mean, I guess, uh, yeah. And heaven forbid that. you share it on a locksmith forum or group on Facebook or wherever. Those guys <laughs> will fucking obliterate you. But they, they, they've never made mistakes and their, their right. shop is in perfect order and yes. glass houses and stone. Nobody's like perfect. I mean, I don't give a shit how long you've been doing this for. Nobody's perfect. Oh, they are. Just listen. They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. There's a reason Tim's not in those groups because he kicked their, all their asses. <laughs> There's a reason no, I'm I... not in those groups anymore because I couldn't stand all that shit. and got kicked out of them for telling them so. I mean, I, I'm like a cat. I just ignore things that I don't like. So, yeah. Right. And, and walk away just giving the finger like this to whoever they're knocking and, stuff off their desks yeah exactly yeah and, and like at work my co-worker she's she doesn't give me shit like she used to but she still kind of tries to uh she yeah, god i'm so glad she doesn't listen to this and i know she doesn't listen to it for a fact um but uh She's kind of like that bossy girl on the playground when you're a little kid and there's that girl who's like six or eight months older than you and she's bossing everybody around because she's six months older than you. That's kind of what she reminds me of. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent that I probably shouldn't. Uh, I'll leave all this shit in here, though. Um, but yeah, if you know, if you have a coworker that got called back to a job or a cylinder doesn't work or they they didn't key something correctly or whatever, um, you know, help him out. Don't bring him down. Don't say, well, obviously you fucked it up. You know, that's just, that's not good teamwork and is not going to help your bottom dollar, especially if you both are employed by the same person. Nobody's over anybody else. Yeah. I never get why people take work so personally. You're there to make money and just, <laughs> yeah. Who's having that's, a pissing contest at work? That's like when, you know, being a cop, there there are cops who give other cops, you know, a rash of shit because they lose like, you know, five out of 10 cases in one court date. Well, those five cases that you lost, they spent, you know, 10 grand on a lawyer for it. Obviously, you're going to lose, you know, or, or you're not going to get what you want. Don't give them shit for it. You know, they did the job. They did what they were supposed to. And at the end of the day, it was just money talking. I have a running theory that all these people that are especially nitpickers have especially small wieners. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Compensating. I don't know. Tim does. Tim's been doing a scientific study on that. <laughs> you know, um, even though it's well into Pride Month, I'm not even going to touch that one. All right. So, other than Jeff talking about my scientific study of wieners. Does anybody have anything else? No? Okay. Uh, Y'all? Unrelated, but uh, our I'm in the shop today, and our AC doesn't run, so I'm experiencing what you're experiencing right now in North Carolina, and let me tell you, fucking sucks. Because it's, it's 86 degrees outside right now, and it feels about it in here. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you all about that here in just a hot minute. Mm. Y'all better hang on, because Tyler's got some wild questions for us up next.
All right, time for some wacky and wild questions. Question number one, gentlemen, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Jeff? Yes. Tim? Yes. All right, I agree. First time we've all agreed on something. Question number two, should toilet paper be over or under? Tim? Under, because that way the cats can't unroll it. Jeff, should toilet paper be over or under? Under. I'm just going to be difficult. I agree. That's two out of two we agree with. Final uh, question. Uh, gentlemen, if you had to use a fake name, what fake name would you make up? Tim? Frank Drebin. Research yeah. that one. Jeff? Homer, uh, Homer J. Fong. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Armin Tanzerian. Another good Simpsons reference. <laughs> I would have thought you would have been Rusty Shackelford. <laughs> that would have been a good one. <laughs> What's um what's Boomhauer's first name? I don't I that Dangle man Dangle I don't know Dangle about I, I just know that he's a Texas Ranger. <laughs> Audience, this is where we need you. If you have any suggestions for questions, damn, we need a name. So either for this feature segment every episode, three questions, go ahead and send it to us. You can do that two ways. Number one, you can tag us on Twitter at the number three tumblers pod or you can email it to us at the three tumblers pod at gmail.com in that case three is spelled out it's not the number I don't know why we didn't go with continuity but we did it that way so, couldn't because the Twitter name was would be too long just like me Jeff very good spare parts is up next with Jeff Well, you're already this far in the episode, so you might as well stay for the finish. Tim, I'm sure you have a dazzling spare part, as always. Well, other than the fact that my air conditioner is out right now, and hopefully by the time folks hear this episode, it will be back in service. But Vinny, an 11-year-old 10-pound dog who has lost all but three of his teeth, hasn't lost his bark or his bite uh, backyard surveillance cameras caught Vinny rescuing his baby brother Harley from the jaws of a coyote that snuck onto property through a partially open gate and snatched the puppy up by the neck. To make matters worse, a second coyote was lurking right outside the gate, waiting. Vinny heard Harley's tar- terrified yelps and streaked across the yard straight at the much bigger coyote. The startled coyote dropped Harley and ran off. Harley, despite some scary injuries, was able to run off in the other direction. A 10-year-old toothless dog, or 11-year-old toothless dog, still protecting his brother. We have those in Atlanta, or the part of I'm in Atlanta, believe it or not. Packs up to 100 in size uh, between here and Tucker, which is about five miles away. But yeah, that story sounds right. Number one, they hunt in packs. They won't do it alone because of bitches. And then number two, when somebody runs after them, they'll run because they're bitches. So. All right, Tyler, what's your spare part? Uh, well, I hate coyotes. There's that. Um, but I did just plant uh, 32 corn plants in my garden. And tomorrow I will plant uh, my 16 okra. When I say plant, I didn't just put the seeds in. These things have been growing for a while. So they're all about six, seven inches long. Giggity. You know, I can't eat corn anymore so fuck you i was gonna send you some but i guess jeff you got some corn coming your way all right we can grill it um speaking of things breaking i told you about our uh, patio table that broke last week the glass completely shattered all over the back uh port that patio paver thing that was very fun cleanup but uh no injuries or anything 
will survive on the plastic table for now. That glass gets everywhere. It wasn't spontaneous, correct? Yeah, my dad was putting the uh, umbrella in and it just shattered. Oh, okay. Because wouldn't it be funny, like, if you were just, y'all were sitting there in the living room enjoying a movie or something, that thing just went, <laughs> That wouldn't have been funny. That would have been, but at least it ha- happened when we weren't sitting eating. All your food would drop down to the floor. Well, all our food would be covered in glass. I think that's about it. Uh, if you have any hate mail or love letters for us, all 10 of our listeners, write them on the back of a $20 bill, email it to the3tumblerspod at gmail.com, or tag us on Twitter at 3 tumblerspot. Our executive producer is Tyler J. Thomas. I'm the technical producer, Jeff Moss. The writer and editor is Tim Coleman. Our chief negotiator is Nicole and Dime. Our in-studio caterer is Virginia Ham. Our legal counsel is Hugh Lewis Dewey of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, otherwise known to folks outside of Severance Hall as Huey Louis Dewey. I don't fucking know. Air conditioning. I like corn. This has been a Three Tumblers production. Season 1, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Find this episode and others wherever you get your podcasts. Next time on the Three Tumblers. So, you know, first and foremost, it's customer service. You know, people come to us when something is wrong. Man, I wish every day I was in the shop. Said no roadsmith ever. So, like... You know, like, uh, let's say you, you run through a big job or you're going through a few hundred or something SC1s a day or something. I'm sure you've got hundreds of those on, on hand, but when they're exhausted on that job, do you just immediately turn around and order the replacement? All right, what do you want me to say? According to Jeff, Jesus wasn't involved. <laughs> it's not what your wife said. Do you want me to say that or do you want to use yours? I don't care. Yeah, we'll, we'll use yours because it sounds like you're maintaining order. Um, fuck, you got me. Uh, I... <laughs> Next time on The Three Tumblers.